0: pod podcast i'm your host super joe pardo and today is a special episode uh it's cold outside so but more so than just being cold outside here in the northeast uh i have a special episode we're going live on a saturday instead of the normal sunday uh because my guest today wasn't able to do the 8 p.m uh, yeah, the 8 p.m. Wednesday night time slot. So I, I I was, uh, I, you know, I had to hook my man up and, and give him a slot that he could make, uh, reasonably because of where he is located in the world. And we will get to that in, in just a moment here. Um, let's, let's see. I have a few things to announce real quick. Uh, if you haven't heard icon is, well, first of all, pop in where you're coming where you're listening to from in the chat. Uh, in the chat window, I should be able to get it and throw it up here on the screen. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, ICON, IndiePodCon, is coming back to Atlantic City September 24th to the 26th, 2020. Uh, so you want to make sure you get your ticket while it is still cheap. You can make it even cheaper if you use uh, discount code IPP. Yeah, you know me. Uh, when you go to com slash register. Um. Real quick, we have a free webinar uh, going on Thursday night, eight PM Eastern. Uh, it's called Monetize Your Podcast. It's with me and Samantha Riley, my previous guest here on the Indie Pod podcast. And uh, you can register at indiepodcon slash uh, monetize m y p Uh, We're going to demystify, uh, you know, why you need sponsors, why you don't need sponsors and some first steps for you to start monetizing your podcast Uh, should be a great time. We had a lot of interaction and a lot of great, uh, you know, just back and forth with our first one. Start your podcast. So I'm looking forward to to doing this one uh and samantha riley and i are also running the monetize your podcast mastermind and retreat learn more at slash retreat if you're ready if you already have a you know so, you know the inklings of i gotta get monetized and i'm ready to take that next step uh go to slash retreat and learn how to build your business around your podcast uh and now i'd like to get to introducing this well i would say this week's guest but this week's second guest Everybody, give it up
1: for Jan Ilunga. Woo! Joe, thank you so much for making an exception. I'm making an exception as well because I usually don't do uh, interviews or things like that on, on weekends, but mm. I'm excited to be here and yeah, happy that we found a time and date that would work for the both of us because 8 p.m. your time would be 3 a.m. my time, which would be quite hard for me to do. <laughs>
0: I understandable very understandable I, 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 in fact uh yeah i at 3 a.m my my brain would be uh, um i don't have anything to add to that i'm um, next question <laughs> um so what uh what tell everybody about your podcast your brand your group like what what did it tell tell them, tell tell the people what, what yeah on, i'm on. on.
1: Absolutely. Well, how long do I have to answer that question? (laughs) No, well, jokes aside, as you said, I'm in a different part of the world, different time zone, different continent. And I'm also north because I'm based in Helsinki, Finland. So I'm already originally from the Italian speaking part of Switzerland. And that's where this funny accent comes from because Italian is my mother tongue. But I've been living here in Helsinki, Finland for almost eight years. I'll just like yourself. The guests and many of the people who are joining us here whether it's live or by watching the replay i'm a podcaster as well i'm a podcasting consultant i'm the host of a few different shows and i'm also a speaker and uh, the things i do work wise is work with uh, my consulting clients helping them uh, with the technical side of podcasting if it's people that are just getting started helping them with the marketing or monetization side of things or the guesting side of things, because some people prefer to be or leverage podcasting as a medium from my side of the mic today, so as the guest. And then I also help people, and this is something I've started focusing on a lot more over the last few months, focus on creating and implementing systems for their podcasting workflow as well as for their business. So even people, some of my clients, for example, aren't podcasters and Systems are things that can be applied to podcasters as well to business owners who aren't podcasters. And then last thing you said, uh mention my group, mention my podcast. So very briefly, the, the two main podcasts I have right now: one, which is actually my first podcast, the one I launched almost five years ago, is called The Jazz Spotlight, and it's a music business podcast. And then the other one, which is a show about podcasting, is called The Podcaster Lab. And that's a show where I teach and discuss podcasting with a different uh, format compared to other shows. And one of the things that I do that is that makes the show different is that every now and then I run a series of experiments on different podcasting related topics or aspects. And then I share. uh, basically the results on the show. And then I usually also write pretty long uh, blog posts where I really lay out every single aspect of the experiment. So why I decided to focus on that, what my hypotheses were, what the steps involved were, what the desired outcome was, and then what the actual end result was. And then the last thing, uh, you mentioned my group. So I have a Facebook group, uh, which was dubbed Podcasting community do join by Forbes, and it's called Podcast Growth Mastermind. And it's on Facebook. It's a closed group, but everybody is welcome to join whether they are getting started with podcasting, they've been podcasting for a while, or they're podcast guests.
0: Whoa wow all right so that was that was a mouthful, and it was actually very welcomed because of the fact that um apparently uh the technology side is only partially working at the moment, so <laughs> it's um, Saturday
1: for the tech as well <laughs> yeah,
0: clearly like it's not waking up on on time here uh which really really kind of stinks um so yeah so i I just got it shared in the Facebook group, so if you're just joining us uh from there, happy Saturday. And uh this is Jan over here and I'm Super Joe Pardo. So uh yeah, I, I'm hopefully the all the tech end of it works. Uh it is live streaming and I just reshare or I just shared it manually into the group. Um so I don't know if that gives me the same organic reach that like going live into the group, you know, or get like n- naturally True. does. I'm I'm curious now to find out if this uh Video doesn't hit as as hard as as the other past ones uh, do, but so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we're and either way, we're we're seven and a half minutes into this, and we aren't turning back. So, <laughs> Jan, uh, what um, what does
1: what does podcasting mean to you, man? Well, for me personally, podcasting means the unique opportunity to do a few different things. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, if it wasn't for podcasting, uh, whether it's work-wise, travel-wise as well, because speaking at conferences has brought me to places I hadn't been at before or two before, like Australia it's definitely one of them, Philadelphia, where you and I met in person for one of yep. the editions of Podcast Movement. So I think for me personally, podcasting has been a tool that has opened many doors. And if I were to be even more specific with that, I would say that podcasting has been an incredible tool that I've leveraged to uh, grow my network of contacts. And then those opportunities, those projects, and in some cases, some clients have come as a result of that network and those connections
0: yeah i mean it's that's one thing i i I think that sometimes gets overlooked when people are just getting started into the podcasting world they don't necessarily realize like you're going to open yourself up to a whole world of people that you didn't know existed they didn't know you existed, and right. you know opportunities just create themselves as that- you know as that happens mm-hmm. um so I, I think it's really important that people you know uh, know about what they're getting themselves into on that level rather than just thinking like, oh, I can create a podcast and it'll be fun because it'll be just me and my friends and we'll just be talking or it's, I'm going to create a podcast <laughs> and I'm going to get a bunch of clients because of it or, or I'm going to get sponsored because we're super fun. you know, we're super funny, like but right. the people, like the relationships that's, mm-hmm. that to me is is just as important, if not more important than the money or the traveling or any of that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so Jan, how did you get started with podcasting?
1: Uh, great question. Well, the way I started with podcasting is I'm a person who could literally listen to music 24 seven. I can follow, uh, asleep to music. I can sleep, uh, sleep. I can listen to music. All the time. And I kid you not all the time. And some years ago, about almost five years ago, I was studying for, I think it was a university exam or something like that. And maybe for the first time in my life, I felt like I didn't want, I usually would have music in the background and I felt, yeah, I don't want to have music uh, or I don't want to listen to music, but I still would like to have something in the background. So I just did some random Google search and I came across a thing called podcasts, had no idea what they were, started to listen to one episode, of a show and then I was like oh that's pretty interesting actually the guest was Pat Flynn and I said ah oh, this guy sounds interesting so I went and listened to his own show and then I started to listen to more podcasts and then I said to myself hmm I think this is something I could do as well because I I had been thinking for a while that I would like to do my own thing here in Finland and um, when I came across podcasts I was like well I think I could do that and I was thinking what angle can I enter the podcasting world from? And the best answer for me was to leverage the connections I had made in the music space because I'd worked at a music festival called Jazz Ascona in Switzerland for a couple of years. And there, because I speak several languages, I got to interview musicians. So I had contacts and I said, yeah, I think starting from that space, Would allow me to easily interview people who are interested uh, interesting for people to listen to because i wasn't i wouldn't consider myself somebody or at least back then where people would just tune in because it's me and that's how i started so the jazz spotlight was was born uh, as a result of that
0: And yeah, so I I think that's really important that you you realize that there was a a gateway for you to, you know, it's not necessarily the end result, right? Not the the destination, but the but the gateway to getting to the point where you uh, felt comfortable on a microphone, felt comfortable interviewing other people, formulating questions, formulating thoughts and like being entertaining at the same time. I I think that's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um. So, when you uh when you got to to you know had you come to America before prior to to uh, coming to like podcast movement?
1: Yes, yes, I had. I had been uh, so uh, I went to a conference in Denver to speak. It was an academic conference. It was the annual research no, sorry, annual conference of the Association of Internet Researchers. So when I was doing my master's degree or my graduate degree for those who are in North America, I actually presented a research I did with a professor of mine there in Denver. And since it was my first time in the States, I decided to uh, combine traveling for the conference with pleasure. So I also, before going to Denver, I stopped in New York city and after Denver, I visited California. So I went to mm-hmm. San Diego, LA and San Francisco. So uh, Podcast Movement wasn't my first time, but but Podcast Movement has brought me to uh, new cities every time. Cause I hadn't been to Chicago before mm-hmm. Podcast Movement, hadn't been to Philadelphia and hadn't been to Orlando. <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome uh, you know it, the uh ha, you know that i think get it, you know getting involved uh it it brings so like another level of that like meeting the people getting to learn getting to share your story getting to broadcast your uh you know your experiences and your authority because of it and and all that like that's mm-hmm. i think that's just you know it just adds so much
1: to it's life, I, I would say, overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. Especially if you do mind me adding something, especially yeah, that, like in my case where most of my clients aren't based in, in Helsinki or in Finland. So for me, uh, those are opportunities. Podcast Movement, for example, uh, is an opportunity to connect in person with people that I wouldn't have the chance otherwise to, uh, throughout the year. Obviously, yeah, we may meet at conferences, but they don't live. You know, they're not neighbors of mine, basically.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that in my uh in my experience is really kind of stunk about growing a like more of a global audience rather than a like Philadelphia or Philadelphia, New York or Philadelphia, Baltimore area uh, right. audience, because like you know it's great like a couple times a year when i get you know we get people together i go you know we get them at indie podcon or we get the i go to another conference or go somewhere else um but it just you know in the in the like in the in between times there's there's not as many people uh mm-hmm. you know to to get together but with that said with that said and i didn't uh uh announce it earlier at the beginning we are putting on this is like a perfect so you know, softball pitch in. We're putting together a Philadelphia podcast uh, meetup that Thanks. is taking place. Uh, November 17th, it's going to be in Philly. It's going to be in the early afternoon. So like one or two o'clock in the city, um, we're looking at probably somewhere in like center city, Philadelphia. Um, and we're, um, we're working on getting all the details together, working on, on getting the place where we're going to all meet up at. Uh, but there's a number of people that I've been able to, you know, to talk to and say hey like we're gonna do this and um so we're we're making it we're making it happen so look for that event page uh uh on facebook and on meetup.com it'll be on meetup.com because there is a philly podcaster meetup group that i recently just became uh one of the co-organizers for so uh nice. it's yeah so uh november 17th around one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon uh i think we're gonna have a speaker um we'll you know there'll be more details soon, so just keep keep on the lookout for that. Uh, so th- thank you for softballing that in there for me. There there, Jan.
1: My pleasure. <laughs> what uh what do you what do you love about podcasting? Uh, well, there is many different things, but for me personally, I think podcasting is it's really a tool that, when used in a smart and strategic way, allows you to connect with people. Or allows you to be virtually in front of people that you wouldn't be in front of otherwise, and it can be the guests, it can be the hosts if you are the one who's a guest as well as the audience
0: mm. yeah i i uh it, it's one of those things where you know it's funny like we we record these things it like I'm in a room by myself as a, as I assume you probably are as well right. right? And we record these things and there's nobody else around us. And, and yet we're, we have our, you know, we have an audience watching right now on, on, across a couple different platforms. Uh, You know, you might be listening to this podcast after the fact, uh, you know, where podcasts are served and, and yet like, we're not alone, but we are alone. Right. But yeah. these interactions is is what, you know, it makes it so much more special than uh, I would say than than some of the other mediums that you could be involved with, like, like, say, blogging, you know, mm-hmm. blogging. Like if unless you're going somewhere else or you're going to sit in a coffee shop or something, I mean, you're around other people, but you're still basically alone. You're not really interacting with somebody else to do all the all the writing. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. Do you do, you do any, any blogging?
1: Yeah, yes, I do. So, uh, well, I don't do it, uh, for example, like some people do, like every day or things like that. I do write on my own uh, website or my own blog. I do it also for uh, for some other people, sometimes guest posting. I've done a little bit of ghost writing as well. And I like writing. Actually, I have a background uh, as a journalist, so that's probably where my interest for writing comes from. But I think podcasting is a completely different animal. And even if you host a solo show, for example, with the Podcast Lab, I have a hybrid podcast. So sometimes it's just me by myself. Sometimes it's, be, uh, it's me still by myself, but with the uh, snippets, uh, tips, insights from other experts, And that's something where I know some people, especially those who are starting with a solo show, they feel really weird because they say, well, I'm just talking to to my wall or to my mirror or to my hand, and it feels so weird. And for me, the way I go about it and why it doesn't feel weird anymore is that I picture myself actually talking to a specific person. So then that's why when somebody, somebody listens to the show, it sounds or it comes across as conversational. And I feel that with writing, that's harder. It's a harder thing to do. And then there are certain aspects, for example, like my accent. It's something that makes me unique. And when I write, it's almost impossible to spot my accent. Actually, it is impossible to spot my accent. So with podcasting, I think there are certain characteristics that uh, make make you even more unique than let's say something like blogging as we mentioned
0: Mm. well i i don't know because like i feel like if i when i write um i'm i'm writing to as if i was talking to someone because i I write in my voice i'm not I, i try not to write like uh i don't know like vanilla or bland yeah. or or like an instruction manual you know
1: yeah no no of course i i do it as well but for example for me that type of writing i do uh it often inv- involves also like doing some research do getting screenshots and things like that so as a process i feel it's less uh, it's less personable in a way because i am basically uh, wearing my hat as a as a writer for a moment and then the one as a research and as a podcaster, I do the same, but somehow basically the, the performance part, let's call it like that. It's the last part. So I do all the research and four, and then I bring my A game to the episode, the recording. Whereas when I write, I do a little bit of research before, but typically I start to write and then I say, okay, to, Here, it makes sense to mention a specific research or to drop in a screenshot or something like that. So at least that's just my personal view, but I feel somehow that with podcasting, I feel more, yeah, more personable. (laughs)
0: well you know because it's it's hard to hear like uh like sarcasm in writing right it's hard to hear that like it but but with that said like you bring up a good point like okay if i put in this screenshot here or i put in this gif file here like it adds humor to it that's another layer of solidifying that like a human wrote this because Mm -hmm. there's nuance in it you know it's not just like hey read the top 100 posts on this subject and just kind of Puzzle piece something together and an algorithm just does it. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. It, I mean, it's grammatically correct, but it does it's no life behind it. There's no mm-hmm. nuance behind it. There's there's no personality behind it. Right. Um, other than like the hundred people that wrote the original art, assuming that people actually wrote those articles and it wasn't written by other robot <laughs> other algorithms. <Right. laughs> you know what I mean? Like turns into like a feedback loop here. Um, not that we couldn't do that with video or with audio as we have uh, deep fakes becoming a thing mm-hmm. where, you know, people are able to, like, make your face over my face. Like I said, right. something, and yeah, it's kind of it's, it's actually kind of scary um, because the telltale signs will be. But I mean, people said the same thing about photos, right? Like doctored mm-hmm. photos. It's a thing. And, and unfortunately, um, we're going to have to be able to discern what's real and what's not.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, and I think also from the uh content consumption uh, point of view, it's much more personable to listen to something or watch something than read something. I mean, it is a personable experience to read something, but when you can hear the person, it feels immediately like, oh okay, you you're part of the conversation or you're part of the of the experience. Whereas with the with the reading, you need to be more it kind of it takes you more time to really get immersed at least for me personally to get immersed into whatever it is that you're reading and it's also the case that for example usually i get immersed more when i read certain types of books but i wouldn't necessarily feel like oh this is such an incredible experience if i'm reading uh, if i'm uh, yeah if i'm reading a blog post about i don't know pot- something podcasting related <laughs> mm. and so so, what's one
0: thing that you've done to help grow your your influence your your like say your facebook group or or you know your social media following to go along with your with your podcast
1: yeah that's that's a i think that's a question that everybody should really like you know clean their ears and really listen to the answer and I think it all goes to strategic thinking and i don't want to sound cliche but i really and i see it every week because every week i get peaches and stuff like that and i can see how non strategic people are while that they think oh yeah this is like perfect and it's and they are and so for example when it comes to my podcast and then my business because the two are related one thing that has worked out very well has been to uh look for people to, for example, to interview like I did for a business show I used to run called The 3.6 Entrepreneur, not only because they are good, uh, good fit for the show in terms of their expertise and everything, but also think beyond the show. So for example, for me, it's rare that I think, well, okay, this person is a good fit for the show and it stops there. Oftentimes I may think about, ah, oh, this person could be a very good fit also for my virtual summit. The podcast success summit i see this person it's somebody who has for example i don't know uh, a very engaged facebook group so you would be a good person to perhaps collaborate with in terms of a joint facebook live or something like that mm-hmm. so for me the one thing that has worked very well and not only in terms of the growth of my podcast but really in terms of also the growth of my business has been thinking about my podcast strategically leverage at podcast interview, as the icebreaker, and as the beginning of a possible collaboration. And then, to answer the second part of your question, Joe, about my Facebook group, uh, today that we are recording, I think we are around 3,700 members, and everything has been organic. And obviously, Facebook helps you, so when people join, then boosts uh, kind of the how to say, the display of the group banner when people join other podcasting groups. But for me, the the couple of things that have worked quite well, one has been to make the group different compared to other groups. So for example, I don't have any daily topic like, okay, today it's Saturday, let's uh, swap reviews. Okay, today it's Monday, let's share an inspirational quote. No, I have a theme that we covered for a series of weeks or a couple of months can be podcast monetization, podcast guesting, Mm -hmm. content repurposing. So that's something that has been good because people know that, okay, right now we are covering this topic. And of course, questions related to other topics are welcome as well. But when it comes to basically what I teach, I say, okay, this is mainly what I'm going to focus on. And the second thing, or the other two things that I think have contributed to the growth of the group. One is to actually welcome uh, members personally. So every now and then I have a post, usually with a funny gif, is it GIF or JIF, Joe? Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's supposed to be
0: GIF, but I, I mean, I say GIF. Okay. Well,
1: the, <laughs> a, a photo that moves. And then I tag, uh, I don't know, maybe some 20, 30 new members. And, and I always give them the opportunity to pr- mention the show or something because I have a no promotion policy in the group. And oh, yeah. And actually, that's been something that people have really appreciated because I try to do my best to keep the group promotion-free. And yeah, so acknowledging people, tagging them, I think it's something that adds personal touch. And then every now and then I also try to answer questions. I can't answer every single question that people pop in the group. Or post in the group. <laughs> but when, you know, whenever I get the chance to do that, I, I see that people usually appreciate it, especially because I don't just answer just to say like, yeah, you're right, but even if it takes me a couple of minutes to answer and it's a relatively long answer, but people appreciate the effort. So I would say really it's some, it basically goes back to being really be mindful, be present and be strategic in in the way you approach your podcast, your Facebook group, and really anything you do. Yeah. I mean, what, um, I, I, I think when you say strategic,
0: I, I, what I, what I'm hearing is personable. (laughs) That that's, that's what I, well, because the way you, you answered uh, that question is like, okay, how do I be personable and be available and be, you know, mindful that, you know, I want other people to interact and other people to be a part of it and be a part of the conversation, and, and then me be a part of the conversation as well. Instead of just like,
1: "Hey, I got this group; it's got a great name. Come join!" And like,
0: no, but how the group it's, it's organized.
1: organized? How the group it's organized? It's it's a it's an strategic way. So, for example, why is there no day dedicated to promoting uh, each other's podcasts? because that's not something that I know would contribute to my business. Some of the members of the group end up uh, becoming clients. So, uh, for example, we cover the theme of the month, and then sometimes I have a, a Facebook Live that is kind of a recap of the key takeaways of the weeks or months that passed and we covered a specific topic. And then usually I also maybe have a course related to the topic Mm -hmm. of the month or the team of the month and then some people uh, buy access to the course so the way the course is structured it is strategic in that it's organized that way because it has my group it's a channel that i use for my business so it's not just a place where i'm like well okay hey let's talk about whatever let's you you review my podcast i review your podcast and and those kind of things
0: yeah yeah no definitely and and uh i i i I love the fact that you have so much uh strategy built behind it and people that are willing to still be a part of it right like mm-hmm. it and and getting value out of it so i th- i think that's awesome i think that definitely is uh, right there is a lot of value that people need to uh including my including myself need to you know uh key in on and and figure out how to build their strategy around, you know, the amount of people that they're bringing in and uh, getting people to, to both interact, contribute, and ultimately, um, you know, I, I don't wanna say pay their way, but like, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but realistically, like if you stopped making a bunch of money from it, or, or even just money from it in general to pay for the time in which you're investing into it, mm-hmm. it starts to be like, should I be putting my time elsewhere? right yeah I mean, absolutely. and that's not just for you Jan. that's for like any that should be for anybody yeah. um unless you any- just really really enjoy it at least at that point you say well this is my this is my hobby and that's okay because i already have you know income or i already have other ways of making money so it's not mm-hmm. a big deal for me that because i just i just purely enjoy the 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 hobbyness of it
1: yeah and also depends what your goals are for example for me uh as i said it's a closed group and i think the ratio of accepting declining member requests, it's probably something along the lines of 80% decline, 20% accept. So I am very, very kind mm. of strict because, as I said, the group, it's something I use for my business. It's something I use to foster a community. So I don't want everybody to be part of the group. And it's, and it's not really about the person per se, but for example, I ask three questions to people who request to join the group. And if somebody doesn't answer the questions, I'm like, well, why would I let you in the group if one of the prerequisites is to answer some questions and it's not rocket science. And then also if I see, for example, that somebody is like, oh yeah, it's a podcast promoter on Fiverr. I'm like, yeah, I don't have Time to to let this person into into the group, and you know, annoy the other the members because then that has an impact on on the group, which therefore then has an impact on me and my business. So I think it's yeah, yeah it's really about if I wanted to say, well, I want my group to be something that displays my authority. On a wider scale, I would say, okay, the more uh, members I have, the better. But for me, it's like, I don't care. My group can grow with the pace it's growing, which is around maybe some 10 to 20 members per week. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with that because for me, it's about the quality. And sometimes some of the members who are also members of other groups have said, yeah, this is one of the best groups, if not the best group, because I'm learning from it. It's, it's a clean, safe, safe space and so forth. So,
0: uh, want you, you want to plug the the name of the group
1: for uh, people yeah, to sure. go and
0: find, and then
1: figure out they can answer three questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's called Podcast Growth Mastermind. Or if you wanna I'll link, that it's relatively easy to remember. I also have a redirect, so if you go to yanilunga.com dot com slash community, so that's Y A N N I L U N G A. So for forward slash community, and then you are redirected to the to the group there. Awesome. Yeah. And I, thank uh, you, Joe, for asking and giving course. me the opportunity to mention it.
0: Of course. I, you know, I you know, if, if, if there's somebody out there that needs uh you know another opportunity to get their questions answered and and figure out, you know, what they're they're what they're trying to accomplish, because sometimes people don't know what they're exactly trying to accomplish. Uh definitely definitely And, may, definitely and wanna...
1: may I add one tip for people who of course it doesn't matter you may be running your Facebook group or you're a member of Facebook groups for me what it's interesting is that sometimes there are people in my group who uh may reach out to me and ask me oh I'm thinking of uh, of running a survey or something along those lines can I post it in your Facebook group and I'm thinking well The survey doesn't break the the group rules, so that's fine. But I'm just thinking, if you are a person that isn't really active in the group and other members are regulars, they're going to notice, okay, who is this person who's just basically, I've never seen him or her before and is just posting, hey, fill out my survey, and it doesn't work. And I'm not surprised that then those kind of posts don't really get any engagement. For me, I've seen in my group, I have some posts that, have a pretty crazy amount of engagement. And those are typically the posts that are about the actual group members. So for mm-hmm. example, things like one of my favorite is try to describe your latest podcast episode using not nothing but emojis. And people go crazy. And for example, that's not a post that has an an impact for my business, but that's a post that strengthen the community feeling in a way and it's funny and it's slight and we need also those kind of things but i would say to people if you are a member of a facebook group or you are a facebook group owner and you want to leverage the group strategically then make sure that instead of just posting random stuff actually you do the research because a facebook group can be an incredible uh focus group for you to to connect with. So you can even start to connect with people one-on-one and maybe instead of posting your survey to the potential, in my case, I don't know, 3,700 members and get only a couple of replies, you can take a few minutes to go through the group members and say, okay, this person looks like a fit, this other person looks like a fit, and then you contact them uh, privately and you have an easy way to connect right from the get-go because you can say, hey, I know we are both members of the podcast growth mastermind and then you start a conversation from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I uh that no that's a definitely a great way cuz like you know you have all these people and and you put them in a position where they can interact uh together mm-hmm. not feel so alone and and feel uh you know part of something bigger than themselves. Uh you know every like I said we're 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 sitting here alone like two people you know talking to 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 each other and then you know potentially interacting with people uh in the chat so it's uh it's great to have that that ability to like key in on people who are actually active and and uh being a part of a, of a community that's bigger than themselves
1: exactly and actually Joe what you touched upon there is the reason why for me even though email Still important, email marketing still works. But that's the reason why I'm putting a lot of emphasis on my Facebook group is because with email marketing, it's me communicating with my community with a uh, like unidirectional uh, fashion. Whereas with the Facebook group, it's me communicating with people one-on-one, one-to-many, as well as people communicating with one another, which is very, very powerful. And sometimes people are like, oh, if I ask, oh, where are you you based at? And people are like, oh, I'm here, I'm there. And people are like, oh, we are basically neighbors. Mm -hmm. And that's really powerful. So as you said, then people feel as if they're part of something bigger than just themselves or just bigger than listening to a podcast, for example
0: yeah yeah no absolutely i know um so one of the fir- the first or the first podcasts i ever listened to was uh, a disney podcast back mm-hmm. in 2005 and uh by and and for years i wanted to go to their reunion event where they people had all these people come they had them come down to disney world and like spend like three four days together doing like different attractions and different events and things like that and it was a no it was like uh, 2010 i think or was the 2009 2010 was the first year i got to go and partake in it and it, it just was like whoa this is incredible like there's so many people mm-hmm. and they all get it and they're all together and we're having fun and you know i can't wait till next year and it just grew and grew and grew until unfortunately they they shut the show down back in like 2000 13 something like that um uh, where they passed it off to another group of you know hosts mm-hmm. um but I, you know, it was it was over at that point. The the magic was over. Um you know, so I yeah, I think there's there's a there's a lot to be said, not just for, for people to be connected to you as as the you know connector, but the the people that are connecting because of you, I think is mm-hmm. really, really important.
1: Yeah.
0: Um by the way, the the way to say gif is gif uh as I oh, as I GIF. thought it was, according to the creator uh who says it's pronounced jiff like the peanut butter he's um the the first article is from gizmo uh gizmodo and it says he's wrong and i i kind of agree because it's not jift you don't give a jift you give right. a gift and that's yeah so if he wanted it to be pronounced jif he should have named it j you know j i f yeah. and uh And 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 JIF might have made sense because like JPEG, uh, true, yeah. JPEG could have been the first letter, you know, representing the first letter in the word or acronym. It's because yeah, graphic interchange format could have been JPEG interchange format. Though I don't know that it actually is JPEGs, but (laughs) he missed an opportunity to to call it and do the thing that he wanted it to be. Um, so let me see here. We uh. You know, we uh we really gotta get you, Jan, to come out to uh to icon this upcoming year in 2020 mm-hmm. uh in Atlantic City. Cause uh I- I'm not sure how familiar you are with the, the offering that are you familiar with the offering of icon? Which formerly MapCon for anyone who who isn't this.
1: Is yeah, just I mean out. I remember we talked about it when we met in, in Philly. So mm-hmm. I yeah, I have a, a rough idea and then obviously I've seen from the websites and some of the posts and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's what you meant with your question, yeah, but I think yeah. I have a a pretty good idea of basically, or I would know what to expect basically from the event. That's what I, what I would say.
0: Oh, awesome! Yeah. So it's, a, it's a one track conference. So there's only mm-hmm. one room. You get your own, like, desk set up basically because it's a classroom style set up uh so it's nice and comfortable it's t- it's a two-day event this year with the first day on so thursday is a, a private classes i'm running uh podcasting 101 and a monetizer podcast uh in the afternoon so in the morning is podcasting 101 afternoon is that uh the monetizer podcast and then on uh thursday night i think we're gonna have a, a private mixer party for our people you know for early arrivals uh, all day Friday, you know, from like nine to five, we, we have, uh, are going to have speakers, uh, workshops and courses, uh, throughout the day, uh, all going, going there. P- everybody gets, uh, free headshots throughout Friday and Saturday. We have a nice. photographer on, you know, as part of our staff, uh, Jeanette's been doing it for five years now, uh, soon to be six. Uh, you know, with any luck, um, and uh, yeah, so you're getting those free free headshots, and uh, on Saturday we get it's more, you know, there's more workshops, more talks. We'll have uh, we'll have lunch on Saturday. It's included with your ticket, uh, which hmm. is you know something that I'm not a lot of. Not a lot of places do. Uh, we also include mm-hmm. a, a, a free event T-shirt that's uh, very high quality and very coveted. Every year, everybody is is clamoring to get these shirts because um, they're very. Uh, th- th- it's not an event shirt like most event shirts, where it's like, oh, here's the name of the conference and blah blah blah. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's a little more art, arts, art, artistic, if you will. People are still wearing mm-hmm. like 2005 or uh, 2015. Or no, 2016, 17, 18 and now 19 shirts like all the time and like nice. sending me pictures of them wearing them, uh, which is, is very, on, you know, it's an honor to me because I, I created them. So I, I very, uh very much love it. We're going to have a Friday night party mixer as well. Uh, Like I said, Saturday has lunch. And right now, the only ticket available at the moment is the plus ticket. Uh, It's $1.99. And if you uh, go to IndiePodCon.com slash register and pop in promo code IPP. You can get yourself 10% off that ticket. Uh, it will not be cheaper than that. I promise you. Um, and there's there's more to come. Like I I'm actively working with a team this year of people, uh, a committee. I mentioned this in the last episode uh, that we're working on a lot of different things. It, so it's it's much more expan- It's it's able to be much more expansive than it was in previous years uh, because of the team that we have in place and what we're we're looking to accomplish because of the added, <laughs> you know, the added workforce. Um, so it's all very much appreciated. So again, IndiePodCon.com slash register, pop in the code IPP, save 10% off. It's $1.99 at the moment. Uh, the course, uh, the courses will be available. Those tickets will be available in probably a month or two um, for you to buy, you know, your podcasting one. I don't know why you'd want to buy a podcasting one hundred one course, like almost a year in advance, but it won't be cheaper. That's for sure. It'll only go up once it actually does go live. But you never know, right? There's a butt for every C, as we were saying before the <laughs> the the podcast here, Jan. <laughs> um, so what's what's one thing that you don't like about podcasting, Jan? huh
1: you mean uh, one thing that kind of I don't personally like about podcasting when it comes to me or podcasting as an industry. Um. Yeah, just in general. Like, what's one thing that you that
0: you, like you you hate about podcasting? Like, it could be about uh, the industry, it could be about like your microphone. It could be about literally no, not anything. not my
1: mic at least. No, well, yeah, there is one <laughs> thing that really pisses me off. I I can't. People always say, "Ah, oh, you're such a nice guy," and but, yeah, I am. I am a nice person. But there is one thing that makes my blood boil. I don't know if that's an expression in in English, but it is is. Okay, because in Italian it is. And I feel that unlike other spaces, other medium, people in podcasting, they don't have patience. I remember seeing a post in a Facebook group a couple of months ago where somebody was like, yeah, I started podcasting a couple of months ago. I'm not seeing the the results I was expecting. I'm thinking about quitting. What do you guys think? And I was like, are you for real? You could ask anybody who has built an audience, whether it's been through in-person events, email marketing, newsletters, Facebook ads, whatever the channel YouTube, it does take really time and hard work to build an audience. And I'm not talking about like a few months. I'm talking about several years. And I think that people... Somehow, I don't know why, but I feel as if people podcasting, it feels as if many people are like think it's like magic Clan where yeah, you just snap your fingers and you're going to have an audience and sure, it doesn't matter the fact that you have never been in front of a microphone before. So your hosting skills suck, but yeah, you just think, well, because I'm me and I interview these interesting people, everybody's going to show up and I'm going to be the number one podcast in the world. And it's, I find it very interesting and fascinating, but also really annoying because I, I don't understand. Somehow I have a hard time understanding why For other things, people somehow understand that it takes time. But then with podcasting, I feel that people, yeah, maybe maybe it's because people compare their Chapter 1 with other people, Chapter 31. But I don't know, that's the one thing that I feel it's not so much about podcasting per se. But I see it happen over and over again in the in the podcasting space. And yeah, it's something that I can't stand because people say, no, yeah, it's a marathon and it's not a sprint. I know that. And then after a couple of months, they're ready to quit because they say, well, such and such in a month got this many downloads and made this much money. And maybe they don't think that, well, this person came into podcasting after having been a blogger for ten years, so it, it's not that this person started from scratch, like maybe you are, but it's a person who started from scratch with maybe some ten thousand people from his blogging days, but yeah, those are small details that somehow people don't even like include in their thought process which is like really crazy
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i I, you know i i couldn't agree more i think it's real easy to overlook uh you know that all that stuff plus i think it's also easy to overlook the fact that like there again there's a butt for every seat right so your personality Mm -hmm. your hosting skills your maybe not so much the audio quality unless it's really really bad uh you know makes a difference uh mm-hmm. you know it's going to connect with some people it's going to turn some people off it's it's you know you just don't you just don't know and maybe yeah. that person's doing a ton of marketing too that you aren't mm-hmm. necessarily doing so you're like oh well there's only like 200,000 like it, you know active podcasts out there like that's almost that's like nothing right in the gar- in the grand scheme of things it, it just by osmosis i should be able to get you know tons of of listeners um mm-hmm. and then there's also the people that are just like straight up lying about it. Um yeah. you know that may, that does it does affect people. I know <laughs> I I felt that way very early on back in 2014 and found out like I wrote a whole post about twitter bombing. You remember that was the thing. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like that was that really pissed me off too because I you know I'm like I don't uh I, I'm not doing anything like that. And and I you know, fine. If you want to do it for yourself, that's fine. But there was people that were like going out there and being like, I get
1: Two million downloads, three million and like downloads. Teaching, tomorrow. I will teach you how to how to do it. I remember there was somebody who I think yeah. had some kind of course <laughs> on Twitter bombing, but like teaching it as a strategy. And actually, that's a good example because one of the experiments I did for the podcast lab, I think it was actually the very first experiment. Do you remember Joe? The platform it doesn't exist anymore. It called Thunderclap. Yeah. Oh, Thunderclap doesn't exist anymore. Uh, no, I I'm not sure why. Really? I think it's been yeah. Too, too bad. Huh. But basically, for people joining us here who don't know uh, what Thunderclap was all about, it was basically a platform that you could use to create a sort of uh, launch promotion, so viral you could, effect. Yeah, you could have your your friends, colleagues, whoever uh, sign up for your campaign, whether via I think it was Facebook and or Twitter, and then you would choose a message that would go out on a specific date and time you chose. And basically the message would be published uh, automatically from the accounts of the supporters of the campaign, or they could customize it however they wanted. And because of this like Twitter bombing and the fact that people think, ah, oh, I want to have, you know, 1 million Twitter followers or, you know, whatever. My experiment was I showed people my Thunderclap campaign had a potential reach of over half a million people, which means that the people who supported the campaign had an audience that was over 500,000 people. So quite a big number. Mm-hmm. And that led to something. I don't remember the numbers at the top of my head, but I want to say to some 20-something listens. And I think it's really telling because sometimes we think, oh, no, well, if I, if I just get this much number, then the listens are a sure thing. And that experiment was just, a, a, you know, something that I did because I was curious, but also because I wanted to show people that, hey, stay away from the, you know, just publish hundred thousand times, interview people who have a million Twitter followers, ask them to share the episode and, you know, you're going to become the number one show on, on in the world. So that experiment, I wanted to to kind of dispel that in a way and and i hope i managed to do so
0: <laughs> yeah no i think that's a great great point because that was one of the arguments for the whole twitter bombing it was like well you know if just one percent of the two million downloads a month is real like that's still a, an astronomical number and i'm like yeah but yeah, uh, you're but but that's the thing it's like you do you do it in such a way that not only are you doing it but you're you're trying to promote the fact that you're the number one because you got all these downloads that aren't even re- like necessarily
1: real yeah and then especially i think where people somehow seem to get to lose their train of thoughts is is that especially if you have a business related to uh your podcast then you you have to remember that you can get 5 million downloads with like shady strategies and you think well now i can get the sponsors and blah 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 but at those at some point you're gonna get bitten because the sponsors are gonna say well this person always says these numbers but the conversion rates are zero or are incredibly low or yeah. sure you're gonna have downloads but then whenever you mention a product or service Nobody's going to buy it. And, you know, you don't want that to happen. So, Joe, I found the numbers. So the potential social reach of the experiment was uh, almost 700,000 people. And, uh, oh, no, I found the sh- podcast episode. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Let's see if I can find the post. But, yeah, I don't remember the exact number, but it was something. uh yeah, I think it was around twenty something like that. Definitely, so you, even if it was
0: 100 like hundred, like that's like or or, or five hundred, like
1: eh, yeah, I yeah. Guess. You put it in like how much work did you have to put in,
0: right? You know, yeah, exactly. exactly. You, you put it in the numbers game, and you say, is it really worth all that effort to get five hundred downloads? And then the question is, is did did the next episode go up? Does it have a cascading effect where it's like, okay, cool. Like that happened once now, the next episode goes up like a little bit more than that. And then a little bit more than that. And a little bit like, is it start to trend up where it's like, okay, maybe if I do this same, you know, do that strategy, like seven, eight, nine times, like, and my content's good enough and I'm keeping the people around then i can do it but if you know to get like even you know 100 downloads, like... downloads it was 56 i just saw it now <laughs> wow cool i yeah. you know but i'm sure that wasn't easy to get that many people to opt in to a well now a service that doesn't even exist anymore it probably doesn't exist anymore thunderclap we're talking about
1: because i don't i don't remember having a pay structure for it uh, was- uh, no, they, they had a paid, they a paid plan, but uh, just some clarification, the 56 people weren't people who needed to sign up through Thunderclap. Those were people who saw either a tweet or a Facebook post by one of the people who supported the Thunderclap campaign for the launch of my podcast and decided to listen. So they didn't have to uh, opt into anything. And well, if they don't have a podcast or if at the time, if they didn't have a podcast listening app, maybe that's a a thing they should have gotten. But Mm. otherwise, that's it. So there wasn't that much friction. But anyways, I think what I always tell people is you have to put things in perspective and remember where you're coming from. For example, it's very easy to shoot down now 56 downloads. But at the same time, if you have never been, for example, uh, in front of an audience, you should ask yourself, okay, when is the last time I was on stage in front of 56 people or I was in front of 500 people? I think that's also the kind of the reverse because I think sometimes people also, because of people throwing huge numbers out there, they don't forget or they forget where they're coming from. So they say, well, I only get like 750 downloads an episode. And then I'm like, well, yeah, but if you switch that's a, that's down... That's a
0: pretty good number compared, you know, I think like the average is like 200. If you're doing better than 200 downloads per episode, it's in that 150 uh, to 200 range. Like that's, you're doing better than, than okay. like a large percentage of the podcasting community.
1: Then let's say you're, you're doing one... 90 per episode and people are well but you know this podcaster is making millions of downloads i'm like well yeah but when is the last time you were in front of an audience of of 190 people because i think instead of thinking about downloads all in terms of numbers you should think about them in terms of people and then you would start to also get a sense of more responsibility which leads then to better uh, quality hosting better content and all those kind of things. And then if you do it consistently, at some point, you you are going to start to see the results. But if you say, well, it's only 100 people, who cares? I publish on Monday and then next time in three weeks on Friday. And then, yeah, well, I I usually it's an interview show, but this time I don't feel like doing an interview. People aren't going to stick around. So I think it's also important for you when you're thinking about your show and all those kind of things, always remember where you're coming from. And if you've never been in front of a microphone before, if you've never conducted or hosted a show, if you host an interview-based show, if you've never done interviews before, all those things matter. And remember that most of the podcasters nowadays are actually professionals. Is Celebrities are people who worked at media companies. So if you're just a regular person, an independent podcaster like Joe and I are, and maybe this is your first time being outside of your shell, you need to remember that and keep that in perspective. So when you're getting 50 downloads, 56 downloads, take a moment to celebrate and say, okay, now I get 56. What can I do to go to get to 60, 70, 7,500, 2,000, whatever the number is, and then have the patient and put in the hard work and you're going to start to see the results. But if you're just like, no, well, okay, what is the fastest way for me to get to like 10,000 downloads and an episode, Oh, well, yeah, I can like half-ass the hosting and yeah, well, the audio quality, who cares? And all those kind of things or do no marketing at all. It's not surprising then.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely. I, I think, yeah, thinking of it in terms of people um, and how you can connect with more people on, on a level that people want to, you know, cause everybody has choices, right. With their content mm-hmm. consumption, they don't have to listen to you uh, unless you are the only person that has a that podcast that is of that topic that they really, 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 really want to <laughs> know about. And nobody else is talking about it. Um, you know that's that's the kind of thing that that you know captive audience super niche but uh but for the most part you know there's there's probably a competitor out there um and they you know they have their own personality and they're gonna you know connect with people on that level and you have to think about it in in that terms and um i think if you think about it as people you know, you know it depends on really. I think you you well you hit on it earlier, yeah with the whole uh, you know what's really your goal is your goal to get mm-hmm. a bunch of sponsors. Like you know if that's if that's your goal, that's great. I'm I'm not a huge, sponsory person for the most part because it's a, it's a it's a lot of headache and work and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but if that's your goal, then yeah, you need all the butts in the seats that you can get. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you have a, a strategy and a plan around how can I take my, like Sam Riley, who we just uh, interviewed, uh, back on Wednesday, you know, she doesn't have the most downloads, but she makes money like a ton of money, you know, in the six figure realm for from her podcast, because she's structured it and strategically planned it out so that she's getting people that are actively paying her for her services because of her show. Same with mm-hmm. with my show, it, you know, it's all about structuring it. So people are interested in being, uh, you know, working with you as a as a client uh, versus like, oh, well, you're great. You're a listener. Um, you know, have you heard about purple the bed maker yet? Like you know, that's that's it's all about it's all about your goal setting up and, and understanding like what it
1: is that you're trying to accomplish. So uh, and also, definitely sorry, uh Joe, just yeah, no, to ahead, add what you say, and it I think it's also really about being strategic and also understand what are the things that you have control over and those that you have con- no control over. For example, if you want to get sponsors and you want to get as many downloads as possible, there is a lot of variables that you really have no control over or your control is limited. But if, for example, you say, okay, my goal, I'm a, let's say I'm a coach and I want people to go from listening to my podcast to becoming coaching clients of mine, then there is a lot that you have control over that you can structure in a way so that your podcast and steps you want people to take to go from listeners to clients are intertwined. So for example, you can say, okay, the topics I cover, I cover very specific topics I'm an expert at and are topics I often talk about in my coaching sessions. I'm gonna bring some of my clients as... uh, success stories as case studies. I'm going to create sales funnels related to my podcast. So all these are things that you actually have control over and you can work on and you can tweak and you can change that then actually lead to results. But if you say, well, I'm just going to try to get as many people as possible, there isn't really that much. For, for example, if one uses uh, iPhone versus Android, that's already something that may be cutting you out or some of your strategies may not be working for people who use Android, for people who use iOS devices. That's just a small example to to show people that there are certain things that we absolutely have no control over. So it's worth taking a moment to think about what is it that you're currently doing with your podcast and then think whether that's the way things should be or perhaps there is something that you can tweak or change to basically better adjust your compass.
0: Mm. No, I, I absolutely that's that's great advice, Jan. Um, so before we wrap up here, is there any last thoughts you'd like to to leave on our uh, audience here?
1: Well, first of all, I would say to everybody who hasn't gotten their ticket for the conference yet, to make sure to grab yours. And yeah, it's I think what you're doing, Joe, it's actually something that people should really look at you as an example because. Some of the things we talked about in this conversation, you are really a living example of that. So being able to uh, attract people through a medium, whether it's podcast, whether it's Facebook Live, and then organize and gather those people in person, that's basically, I think the most powerful way of displaying or showing influence. And I think it's Mm -hmm. something that all of us should kind of think about, even though, for example, I always say, even though I use technology all the time and I love it, sometimes it would it's it's nice and it would be nice to be around people face to face so i think the final things i would say here is for people to really uh take a moment to think about what they're currently doing where they currently are where they would like to do uh sorry where they would like to go and start to think about ways to connect the dots so for example if you have a podcast connected to your business then make sure that the two are actually connected. Make decisions that are in line with your podcast and with your business. Because oftentimes there are people who say that their podcast is connected to their business, but they aren't really using it as a a business asset. For example, if you're a digital marketing agency, I'm not sure that hosting an interview-based podcast where you talk about business may be the best way for then segue listeners into becoming clients of your marketing agency. So it's important that you really think about what you're currently doing, where you would like to go to, think about things strategically, be patient, and then try to figure out how you can connect the dots between your podcast, your business, and other things you may be doing as well, like blogging and what's not with your business. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think that is, uh, excellent advice because I, I think that a lot of times people get com- like confused with what their strategy should be, who their you know, what their why is and, and how they're going to make the, the correlation between, I mean, it's one of the reasons I changed the name of my show, right. But, mm-hmm. uh, went from dreamers podcast to business with super Joe Pardo is cause it you know, it, it needed to change to be able to better identify with the people that I was connecting with and the, the, where I was heading with the clients that I was, I was wanting to get. So Mm -hmm. it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, Jan, thank you so much for taking the time out of, of your Saturday, uh, to come and sit down and have a conversation about podcasting and,
1: and all of that. I really, really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. And can we try one thing? Since we started, I've been thinking, let's try to have a virtual high five. Let's see if I'm able oh, to yes. do it. Yes. Yeah. You have one, two three. Three. Oh, it's a little late. Uh, Hold on. Try yeah, I ready? Yeah, one. Yeah, it's... one, two, three. Oh. Nice. Oh, no, 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 I, th- no. Th- I think it worked. <laughs> nice. Well, jokes aside, thank you so much for having me and thank you for, for what you do for, for the podcasting community. And yeah, really everybody take Joe as an example and really try to implement some of the things that joe has gone through that other podcasters you may follow have gone through and yep and have fun that's also important not to forget about having fun
0: yeah don't don't stop having fun cuz uh, yeah. it's it's then it becomes a job and nobody wants that <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, thank you again, Jan. Uh, If you haven't gotten your ticket yet for uh, Icon, you should go get it right now. I appreciate the softball in there, Jan. Once again, always serving it up. Uh, Go to IndiePodCon.com slash register. Uh, Use IPP as the discount code uh blah, 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 blah. the free webinar free uh free webinar monetize your podcast next thursday me samantha riley 8 p.m eastern com slash m as in mary y as in yellow or as in Yan, uh p as in podcast <laughs> to register i'd uh, love to see you there it's going to be a great time we had a great time last time if you want to be a guest on the Indie Pod podcast Go to IndiePodCon.com slash guest and fill out the form. uh, Pick a time. I don't think there's many left. I think we're Running out uh, of of spots, actually, because um, I think I've only enabled people to go up until June 1st because uh, I don't know what my summer is going to look like. So I didn't want to over extenuate myself. Uh, but I think as we get a little bit closer to next year, uh, I'll be opening up some more, you know, or uh, yeah, as we closer to 2020, I will open up some more spots as the summer starts to become a little more clear uh, to me uh let's see and if you haven't joined our group and you want to know more about podcasting go to join uh yes yeah, go to join us in the group because <laughs> i'm reading i'm reading off the thing below me uh indiepodcon.com slash group join our facebook group have a great time uh i hope everybody has a wonderful uh saturday here i was about to say wednesday night but a, a great saturday great uh sunday and i will see you all on wednesday when i interview uh mary nichols i think that actual that time is not going to be eight o'clock i think it's going to get bumped to either nine or seven because i actually had a conflict there uh so it's going to be one of those times it will happen if not it'll be another night and i'll put a post out in the facebook group everybody have a great weekend thanks again jan take care thank you